Welcome to The Talk, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Ron Leach and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Ron. Hi, Jonna. Welcome to the top. It's great to be here today. It sure is. And for anyone listening, we have a favor to ask of you. If you would take just a moment and let us know how we're doing. Yes. Rate, review, subscribe. The best way to support a podcast you love. And we'd like to give a special welcome for anyone who's listening for the first time and you picked a great day to listen. Are we talking with CCAR past president and 2021 president-elect of NAR, Leslie Ruta-Smith? We are. NAR has launched some creative and inspiring initiatives this year, and I'm excited to talk to her about them. It's true, and one of these initiatives is Fairhaven, which is a fair housing simulator. And I would encourage those that are listening to this podcast to go out to the NAR website and take the fair housing simulator. It's a very educational and very aware program course that gives you a little bit more insight on fair housing. Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to digging into this topic. Hi, Leslie. Hello, Ron. How are you? Doing great. Really appreciate you taking time to speak with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, Leslie, do you mind if we dive right into our topic today? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I would like to think we've moved past the days of redlining and steering. Is that the case, Leslie? Well, you know, redlining and steering may sound like old-fashioned words, but unfortunately... In our businesses, these practices are still occurring, which is hard to believe and sad to believe. But, you know, we saw steering in play in the Newsday expose on Long Island. I'm sure you probably remember, remember that from 2019, right. where some agents were steering people of color to particular homes and neighborhoods. We hear people say, nice neighborhood, good school which can be code for steering because often these words correspond to demographics. So steering does reinforce segregation. And unfortunately, it also, along with that, devalues homes and contributes to the generational wealth gap, not to mention the social and human costs of inequality. But in the terms of redlining, Banks don't use maps with color codes today like they used to use, but there's still allegations that some lenders don't do business in certain areas because of race. So every so often we'll hear about a DOJ, Department of Justice, suing for lending discrimination. But, you know, there's a lot of work to do in lending to ensure that all people who aspire to home ownership have equal access to credit. So for all of these reasons, we must continue to work to advance equity in this country for all. Well, thank you. So, Leslie, implicit bias is a term that we've heard a lot lately. Can you explain what that is? And is bias something that we all have? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question because it has to do with the way our brain automatically and without our conscious awareness associates stereotypes with particular groups of people. And we all do it. It's just the way the human brain works. And it's a shortcut to help us categorize things quickly and make sense of all the information that's coming at us. But it can also be a problem 
And because a lot of those shortcuts are based on stereotypes about other groups that come from media and culture that aren't necessarily true. So even as our conscious minds may hold fairness and equal treatment as values, our unconscious minds may be causing us to treat people differently or unfairly without intending to. And NAR has a 50-minute training video on implicit bias in real estate, which is available at nar.realtor slash fair housing. And I've watched it a few times. It's, you know, one of those things I watch repeatedly just because you don't absorb it all the first time. But it truly is fascinating. And I urge all of our members and anyone else to watch it. And then soon we will launch a three-hour classroom course on implicit bias that goes even deeper than the video. So stay tuned for more on that. But one of the messages in the implicit bias training really hit home with me. And when you think about it, real estate agents can either be guides or gatekeepers. And it's important that we do everything we can as realtors to be guides and mentors, not arbiters or where people choose to live. So we have a huge opportunity as realtors, and we need to take that opportunity to continue to be fair for all and help people get where they want to go in the way of homeownership. Well, that's a great answer, uh, Leslie. So what are some of the barriers, Leslie, to fair housing? Well, we all know there's a severe inventory shortage, and that's just about across the board across the country. Right. And it's resulting in a price boom, and we're seeing it affect people's ability to achieve homeownership, particularly for first-time home buyers and non-white buyers. But to be honest with you, the issue is a lot bigger than that, because sometimes people get lost in the idea that folks are making poor financial decisions, and that's why they can't get a leg up on the homeownership ladder. But the reality is that many folks have less wealth because of the practices that we just talked about, and it kept them relatively poorer and more credit burdened. Black Americans earn about 60% of the income of white Americans, but they also own only about 10 to 12% of the wealth. So the issue isn't just about individual responsibility. It's a generational wealth gap. And it's about systemic segregation. And, you know, there are barriers in terms of credit within the housing finance system. So achieving home ownership largely depends, of course, on access to mortgage credit. And right now, the current credit scoring models leave out many common household expenditures, like paying rent, that could accurately predict a borrower's ability to pay back a loan on a house. If you're a renter, and you've paid on that for 20 years, lenders don't consider that as part of their evaluation for credit worthiness. So this is, this disproportionately impacts households of color and black households are currently rejected for mortgage at a rate two and a half times higher than that of white households. So we support alternative credit scoring models that can provide a more comprehensive view of a household's credit performance. And this can dramatically increase opportunities for property ownership, particularly among Black and Hispanic Americans, but also for rural Americans and younger people. And last month, NAR hosted a virtual event to discuss research that looks at alternative data, like non-financial personal data and banking data. And the research helps inform our policy work 
at the National Association of Realtors. And, you know, another barrier to fair housing a lot of people may not think about are appraisals. I mean, I've heard many stories of people of color finding their appraisals coming in lower compared to homes with identical features and amenities that are owned by white families. We created a racial discrimination and valuations work group at NAR to examine these disparities and gaps in the appraisal process. And we're also talking to other players in the market, which are the GSEs, the government-sponsored enterprises, which are Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, just so we can understand the data. Wow. So, Leslie, let me ask you a quick question, though. Geographically, uh, across the United States, are you seeing barriers um, being more you know, active in, in certain parts of the United States than others? I would guess there probably are, you know, based on the Newsday survey that happened a couple years ago. I think it's different in other parts of the country. And I can also tell you that when the Newsday report came out, there were a lot of people that were absolutely surprised to even think that that still goes on because I personally have never heard of anything like that. And I've been in real estate for decades. So, you know, it may vary in different parts of the country, but I don't know specifics on that. So, Leslie, you talked about several different issues that NAR has identified as barriers and and different things that are going on. So how will NAR move forward and ensure, you know, work to ensure that all people are treated equally moving forward? That's a great question, John. And, you know, at NAR, we believe the real estate industry has a special role to play in the fight for fair housing. And we have almost 1.5 million members as realtors, and we want to act as one together. And there's a lot that we can do to tackle housing discrimination, expand home ownership in the black community, and reduce the racial wealth gap. So we created a plan in early 2020 um, with the leadership team at NAR, and it's called ACT, and it stands for Accountability, Culture Change, and Training. And we're rolling out several fair housing initiatives that fall under one of these categories. So, for example, accountability. We are developing a self-testing program so brokerages can receive a confidential report on how well they are complying with the law. And then they also receive training on whatever problems are uncovered so that they understand what they need to work on and where they can be better. Additionally, NAR offers fair housing enforcement and education recommendations for our state association executives who seek to strengthen real estate licensing laws in their home state. And I hope everyone knows that every state has their own laws for real estate. And, you know, Texas is different than other states. So we have to understand the laws in every state. But in terms of culture change, NAR has rolled out a series of videos called Being the Change. And those videos are showcasing members who make outstanding impact in advancing fair housing and their business, and we need to shine a spotlight on those who are doing good work. So you can see those videos, again, at nar.realtor slash fair housing, and in a recorded event called the Past, Present, and Future, Past, Present, and Future of Fair Housing. And then in terms of training, NAR has several programs that we urge all members to take, and this is kind of a challenge that President Charlie has challenge all of our members, particularly those that serve in any kind of a leadership role, whether it be at the local, state, or national level, from, you know, committee chairs, vice chairs, board of directors, 
and beyond. But the first one is Fairhaven, and it's an immersive simulation using storytelling to help learners confront discrimination in realistic scenarios. And the situations are based on real fair housing cases, and realtors frequently ask questions about it. And these powerful stories allow learners to see the harm that discrimination causes in real people's lives. And I really enjoyed the Fairhaven. As a matter of fact, you get to sell four houses, no commission though on those houses, but you'll learn a lot. And I'm going to take it again because I want to make sure I absorb as much as possible. Another key initiative that we've had around for a long time is our At Home with Diversity. And I know Collin County has offered this because that's where I took it a few years ago. And it's a one-day certification course that helps our members navigate a rapidly changing market and better work with clients of all diverse backgrounds. And then we have an implicit bias video, and it's a member-focused training video that I had talked about earlier, and it offers practical tools to overcome hidden biases so we can treat all consumers fairly. And you can also find that information with all the programs if you go to nar.realtors slash fair housing. And so Charlie Oppler, our current president, has a presidential challenge. And because all of these training programs are central to our mission to stand up for diverse, inclusive communities, Charlie has challenged all of us to stand up for racial equality and to earn these certifications and take these training classes. So I ask everyone in volunteer leadership positions at any level to consider taking all three of these, the Fairhaven, Implicit Bias, and At Home with Diversity. And we've had over 20,000 members complete Fairhaven. So it's getting a lot of traction, and it really is a great course. So for those who haven't taken it, I hope you'll think about that. But to tell you a little bit about our 2021 legislative agenda, which complements all this training, NAR is pursuing an equity-based legislative agenda. So we're pushing for policies that support an equitable and accessible housing finance system to help close the racial home ownership and wealth gaps. And we backed increased funding and resources for HUD's Fair Housing Enforcement, Education, and Housing Discrimination Testing. And we also support policies to build strong, resilient communities and businesses, which together are critical to achieving fair housing. And the policies include preserving community development tools like the 1031 Like-Kind Exchange, which we are all familiar with, as well as Opportunity Zones. The reauthorization and um, reforming of the NFIP, which is our national flood insurance program, as well as modernizing flood mapping. And investing in stronger infrastructure and broadband is hugely important. I think we found that out, especially in, uh, over the year that we've been dealing with COVID, that broadband is so important, not just for our businesses, but our schools and beyond. And all of these help enable home ownership for more people and ensure business continuity. And with the Black Home Ownership Collaborative, we are advocating for a number of these policies together with our partners in the Black Home Ownership Collaborative. And this is a group of people, a coalition of industry, community, and research organizations that have been partnered to create 3 million net new Black homeowners 
by 2030. And when NAR and NAREB, which are the realtors, the Mortgage Bankers Association, and the NAACP and the Urban Institute join together with others, it's pretty potent lobbying force. So we, as you hopefully know, if you're a realtor, that last November at our board of directors meeting, which was virtual, we had a change, some changes in our code of ethics. And after the tragic death of George Floyd last year, we saw a renewed national conversation on race. And as we know, I think that was about a year ago today. So a lot has taken place. And in our industry, this conversation brought a consensus that change starts with us. In addition, many realtors were shocked, hurt, and offended by ugly and hateful words that members were posting on social media outlets. And that's why the NAR Board of Directors approved a change to our code of ethics that makes it a violation for realtors to use harassing or hateful speech toward classes protected under Article 10 in our code of ethics. So we believe that realtors should be held accountable for any words and actions that reflect on the realtor organization, whether it be at the local, state, or national level, um, and, you know, whether it's said publicly or on a personal social media account. And it doesn't restrict us from the freedom of, you know, saying what we want to say with the respect and the dignity of others. And some of the other fair housing initiatives, uh, as part of NAR's governance, we created a new fair housing policy committee. And we pivoted our Strategic Thinking Advisory Committee, which is also known as SAC, to make NAR the leader in addressing racial inequality. So we strongly support the Equality Act and called for its passage in Congress. It's currently pending in the Senate, so stay tuned for that. Um, The Equality Act would amend existing civil rights law to explicitly include sexual orientation, and gender identity as protected characteristics. And we amended our code of ethics to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation in 2011 and gender identity in 2013, much earlier than federal law. So I'm proud to say that NAR was very proactive and we make advancing diversity and inclusion an official core value of our association to ensure it remains at the forefront of everything we do. And last year, we also supported the Supreme Court's landmark ruling affirming workplace discrimination protection for LGBTQ and individuals in that group. So we've done a lot of work and we will continue to, and we hope that everyone will join in and make a difference. Leslie, that is just great information to share. And one of the initiatives and priorities that I have, uh, how much I enjoyed the the Fair Haven. And that's just one program you said of many. Uh, But I would love to, uh, you know, make that one of the initiatives for the remaining of the year during my presidency is to have our membership go out and, uh, and take that simulation, that course. Well, I will second that, Ron. Very good. So, Leslie, um, as you know, we're recording this episode right now, um, the month after Fair Housing Month. So we're in May. Fair Housing Month is April. How was Fair Housing Month observed and received across the nation? Well, NAR, as you can imagine, did a lot. There's some things that you may not know about NAR, so I will share that with you. We participated in several very important events, especially the MLK Memorial Foundation event. And uh, we had 
NAR had a joint Facebook Live event with the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Foundation to discuss the past, present, and future of fair housing. And we were honored that newly confirmed housing and urban development secretary Marsha Fudge joined us for a panel discussion. And I'm sure if you search some of this stuff at NAR.realtor, you'll be able to find the videos on this. Um, we shared videos highlighting the work of three realtor fair housing champions who are proactively incorporating fair housing principles into their business models. And the event was hosted by award-winning journalist and documentarian, Soldad O'Brien. And you can watch it on our Facebook page at NAR.realtor. But you may not know that we have a very long history with the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Foundation. In February of 2007, so over 14 years ago, NAR made a $1 million contribution to help build the MLK Memorial on National Mall in Washington, D.C. So as an organization that prides itself on building communities, our work with the Memorial Foundation underscores our mission and Dr. King's to make homeownership viable for all Americans. And we also focus our quarterly legislative policy forum on fair housing. Uh, we had panelists that discussed new alternative credit models and research that could expand minority access to home ownership. And this year, NAR also released Career Choices in Real Estate Through the Lens of Gender, Race, and Sexual Orientation. And we also examined member experiences by race and gender. And this year's report insight into the challenges that are faced by the LGBTQ real estate agents. And it's been very interesting. There are a lot of different groups that are separate from NAR, but they are, you know, the Asian realtors or the black realtors or the gay and lesbian and it's very interesting to learn from each of these groups and the barriers that they have had to overcome to home ownership. So uh, it's worth researching to have a better understanding of it. Um, I've been kind of blown away at some of the things I've heard in my position because it's just hard to believe that things like that still go on. So before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? Well, you know, there always is. <laughs> but I will tell you that one of the new programs that is in process right now and part of Charlie's initiatives this year uh, is, is our new mentorship program called NAR Spire. And it's really a meaningful program because if you've had a mentor and you know how important it is in your career in life, be a mentor to someone else. Because mentors are who open up doors for us. And show us the value of servant leadership. It's an opportunity for us to do more for others and for the business in which we all enjoy. And as I always say when I speak, our job is to leave this business better than we found it for future generations to come. So currently we're in the process of pairing underrepresented people over the age of 18 who have an interest in any real estate discipline with real estate mentors. And it can be anywhere from marketing and sales to appraisal, IT, property management, just anything. And the program has begun in nine pilot markets, which are in Chicago, Maryland, Memphis, Raleigh, Durham, Philadelphia, 
Rochester, New York, Seattle, Trenton, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. So if anyone's interested in that, you can apply at nar.realtors slash NAR mentorship. So that's been in the works for a while as one of President Charlie's initiatives. And I look forward to seeing that take off. And I hope our members who are not involved will get involved. And the best place to start is at your local level. And of course, the best association to start at is the Collin County Association of Realtors. That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and I would agree with that, Leslie. One of the opportunities that I have a couple of times a month is to uh, you know, go to our new member orientation. And unfortunately, it's virtual right now. But you know, I, I see these faces, and uh, they're they're hungry for information. And and one of the items that I encourage uh, our new members is to get into a mentoring program via through their broker or, you know, uh, a friend of theirs that might that may be a seasoned uh, realtor. And so this is something that that I've taken upon myself to speak to people about uh, getting into a mentoring program. So that's great. Uh, that's great news. And we also have one at the state level that people can consider as well. So there's a lot of opportunities out there if anybody's looking for a mentor. That's great. Well, Leslie, hey, we appreciate you taking the time to speaking with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And of course, I'd do anything for my local board, the Collin County Association of Realtors, the best in the country. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us again. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If you have a question or topic you want us to discuss, we want to hear about it. So email us at ask at welcometothetop.com. Then listen to hear us cover it in the future. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And be sure to ask me why I vote, act, and invest. Special thanks to our host, Jonna Fernandez and Ron Leach. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.